How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am not joined by Harrison Fagan. In a bit, I'm going to be joined by Chris Manning, who hosts the Locked on Cavs podcast. He also uh, runs fearlesswar.com for SB Nation. We talked a lot about the LeBron dynamic. We talked a lot about uh, where both organizations currently sit, what uh, led to or how to perceive the Cavs before they got LeBron for the second time and what that has in common with the Lakers. It was a really fun conversation. It really was. Uh, as always, you can find the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Use those promo codes on SeatGeek, on Mac Weldon, on all of them, Blue Apron. Uh, make sure you're supporting those who support us. Uh, leave us those five-star ratings. It's been a while uh, since we got a, a Way Back Wednesday. We actually had a Wednesday podcast that we didn't necessarily plan for. Uh, when we recorded, so we're recording this on Thursday night, or I'm recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, that was, Wednesday was not planned. I just happened to go on Facebook Live and answer some questions. It was fun, though. Um, and as always, if you have questions, make sure you're sending them to LakersLockedOn at gmail.com. Uh, that's probably going to be the best way to get your topics on on the show. And and look, sometimes we don't get to all of them, uh, but we do really appreciate those who who send those in. Last thing before we throw to the podcast with Chris or the show that the crossover show that I recorded with Chris. And again, Harrison isn't on this one. Uh, he is really busy right now with the Daily Titan over there. Cool stuff that he's producing, though. Go check some of that stuff out. He had a, a sit down with, I believe it was the, the president of uh, Cal State Fullerton. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, he, it turns out he's, he's somewhat skilled. Um, he's somewhat talented. Just don't tell him. I said that. Uh, but the last thing before we get to the conversation with Chris is if you own a business out here in Southern California or really anywhere and you want to reach uh, men generally uh, between the age of 28 to, to 32 and really, you know, it's a, it's a very male-dominated uh, audience, but if you are interested in reaching that audience, uh, send us inquiries in terms of rates and all of that good stuff where we we are the people who have partnered with us uh you know they say they they like our our goofy sense of humor and the way we record our stuff it our audience has been uh pretty generous with all of our our corporate sponsors so uh, i'm going to thank everybody for doing that 
Uh, again, that's LakersLockedOn at gmail.com if you are interested in sponsoring the show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Let's get to this conversation with Chris, and we'll be back at it again on Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody. Hi, I'm Chris Manning from Lockdown Cavaliers. I'm Anthony Irwin of Lockdown Lakers. So, Anthony, um, we're going to clearly talk about you know the most important player between these two teams. That's Chetty Osman. Um, uh-huh. Just killing it at Eurobasket. You know, just there's a rivalry going on between these teams because of the Europlays. No, we're talking about where'd the that, games. Where'd that H come from? The Chetty? I just I've heard it was told it was pronounced that way. It's just the the phonetic. Oh. The phonetic sound. The more oh you know. Now, now I need. Now I need him to get paid, like paid in in the NBA, so that he can say it's all. I'm all about that Chetty. That's great. That's so. The problem with his name, then, with that sound, is there's the Cavs uh, had this hashtag that was like the last the last Chetty, and it was like instead of like it's it's a, it looks like it's the last Jetta, but you just pre- replace this the J with the C, but it like doesn't sound exactly how it should. And it's a little bit upsetting, but yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like a little bit, little bit of a bummer because it's such a great hashtag and like a little plan words, but um, yeah, we're we're here obviously today to talk about a certain player, the team he's currently on, and then the team that most people would assume he's headed to next year, and that's LeBron James, played for the Cavs. And a lot of people assume he would go to the Lakers next summer, were he to leave Cleveland. Teams are in very interesting places. The Lakers got Lonzo Ball, traded Daniel Russell. They have Luke Walton. They have a lot of other really good young players chasing those two max guys next summer. Magic Johnson just doesn't give a crap. But he got uh, to pay the tampering fine, which is which is just hilarious. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I would your pay. I'd pay that, I'd pay the headline that. to have been great on that. Like Indiana man mad about emails. It's incredible. <laughs> we would never. Uh, I, I think. All right. So you know that scene from. Uh, one of the Batman movies where, you know, Joker famously says, and everybody loses their minds, you know, mm-hmm. that's basically been the NBA this year. <laughs> the oh, yeah. Gold, yeah. Golden State got really, 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 really good. And then everybody else in the NBA either was like, all right, well, screw it. We can't compete against them. Or, all right, screw it. We're going to put every all of our chips on the table and try to compete against them. And what that's kind of created this, like, enormous chasm where, you know, probably 85% of the teams kind of sit where they're just saying, well, I guess we'll just kind of ride this out and try to remain kind of competitive. But at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. And the Lakers <laughs> who are coming off of like the worst stretch in team history are like, Nope, we got this. We're getting LeBron. We're getting Paul George. We're getting Russell Westbrook. We got this buddy And they're tampering. They're doing whatever they can to get there. Uh, this offseason has been wild. It's been insane, and that's and that's without even mentioning the the point guard that you guys moved for a point guard who might not have a hip. Yeah, you know, and then like Chetty Osman, like to bring like his full circle, like had look he was limping in a game on Thursday, and I was like, oh wow, like he hurt his hip too. That's not great. Um, Cavs just don't have any any luck with hips right now. But LeBron to LA, if he leaves, I'll just say this: I think that like I don't know this, like you know, like I have no actual like intel on this that to me would just make the most sense and i don't think there's and i think like it would be the lakers not the clippers he said he wouldn't play for the clippers his best buddy's not there anymore harder to kind of shape the roster in the way he would want 
And I was thinking about this. And the Lakers, like, right as constructed right now, are not, like, dissimilar to what the Cavs were when uh, when LeBron went back. So you'd have – Lonzo's younger than Kyrie was when LeBron came back. But you have uh, a young prodigal point guard who actually – and both guys actually have really, like, um, dads who are very involved in their lives. Maybe, like, Kyrie's dad's a little quieter, but, like, that's the same. Um, you have – Young pieces that you could move. You'd have the ability to go get another start, a pair with LeBron, and give him a core that could win now. And it just, like, maybe is a more flexible option for him in a couple different ways. I also just, like, need to say, like, I just can't imagine, A, he's made up his mind, and B, that, he, like, anyone right now can say this is how this is going to play out without knowing how the things go for both teams this year. Because, like, if Lonzo Ball ends up being just, like, bad... Like, I don't know if LeBron can go there. Or if Paul George is like, yeah, I'm going to, like, me and Russ are going to run this in, in OKC. Or, like, some other, like, things happen. Or the Cavs, like, win the title or something like that. And they have the flexibility to, with that, that Nets pick, to go get somebody else that LeBron want to play with. It's so complicated. It's just so hard to know. But it's like, I think we're going to talk about this all year. I think it's inevitable. I I think the only person who is flat out wrong in their analysis of the situation is anybody who says they know what LeBron is going to do or what Paul George is going to do or what hell DeMarcus Cousins is going to do by the end, by the end of the year. These guys, they're a full year away from one of the bigger decisions in their lives and they have endlessly more options than the average worker, you know? So why would they have made their decision already? And for somebody like LeBron, who is a walking, talking economy, I mean, he, you know, every single day he wakes up and he probably, you know, he might feel differently every single day of the week. And he should. It's perfectly within his right to. And and that's my only, you know, that kind of leads me into my point about the Lakers is that the only time I get kind of annoyed um whether it's on social media or on in my writing or on these podcasts is when I hear people laugh off the idea of LeBron coming to the Lakers. It, it, that makes no sense to do that. Like why, why try to die on that Hill a full year in advance when like nobody would have thought LeBron was going to Miami the first time around. Nobody would have thought after Dan Gilbert's letter that LeBron would go back to Cleveland. And then now all of a sudden we're saying, Oh yeah, we know this guy. <laughs> it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm 100 percent with you, and it's and it, it like there are reasons to think he might not. Like I can't, I you know him going to LA and like having to beat the Warriors in conference seems interesting. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind I kind of think so. The Warriors point has come up a bunch, right? And I'll put it like this: for some reason, it isn't held against Michael Jordan that he didn't make it to the finals in those years that he didn't, right? Everybody holds up the, what was he, 6-0? and He was 6-0, and right? So everybody holds up the 6-0, and but seems to ignore the fact that he had first-round exits. He had conference finals exits and all of those things. And, and I think at this point for LeBron, I don't think, I don't, I mean, again, I'm not claiming to be inside his head, nor do I know anybody who might be, but... If I'm LeBron, is it worse for my for my career resume to lose in the Western Conference Finals uh, than it is to lose in the finals? Because all we keep on seeing is, you know, oh now LeBron's two and five. Oh now, you know, next year it'll be two and eight. Oh, the year after that it'll be two and nine. 
eventually i wonder if he thinks to himself all right i'm going to change this up and see if the narrative changes if i don't have these finals losses continuing to notch on my belt yeah no and and i think lebron is someone who also like he could again like the thing with la is like he could recruit other people to go there immediately you know immediately like like they're like if he's gonna go there it's probably because he's gonna get um paul george or like boogie or like if you know could do a thing somewhere like he he someone that wants to get traded comes there and it's someone like that he that he trusts and like wants to play with you know like that that's that is very very much possible you know like yeah, maybe is maybe uh, maybe a couple of years from now Kyrie's a free agent and he you know reunites with LeBron <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah, I mean why not? And like you know I I gotta say like I don't know if you remember this but like the the game Lonzo first wore like a pair of Nikes in summer league mm-hmm. and LeBron put it on his Instagram I was like oh my god here we go yeah like here we go like this is gonna be this this is gonna be the year because like LeBron literally. Like, it didn't have to do that, and it's, like, so, like, it was just, like, like Lonzo in, these, in like, his shoe brand, and, like, it's just a very, very interesting thing. Um, with the Lakers this year, what are they? Like, what exactly are the 2017-18 Los Angeles Lakers with D'Angelo gone, with, with Mozzie gone, with Brooke Lopez in, and... And all these young players, and Lonzo, really now, kind of as they're trying to frame him, and like, and tell me if I'm wrong, like as the, as the guy now for this team. Oh no, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's that's 100 percent the case that the Lakers, until a LeBron or a Paul George or a Russell Westbrook or you know superstar, insert superstar name here shows up, the Lakers are 100 percent pushing Lonzo as the guy, as the savior. I mean, Magic Johnson was. Asking him, hey, keep a couple records for me up there. Uh, he, he was telling him that he can't wait to see Ball's number two jersey, you know, right there side by side with Magic Johnson. You know, you you don't put that kind of pressure on a kid. And and look, Magic Johnson is also maybe one of the most excitable people in the history of excitement, <laughs> really, because you know I could see him going to McDonald's and claiming that that's the greatest hamburger that he's ever eaten in the history of his life. I, he's just that kind of guy, but you know what that leads to is a lot of Lakers fans out there are thinking, "All right, this is the guy that you know. He's the anti Lonzo. He's the pass first point guard. He's the unselfish guy. He's you know he's a little bit more uh, well kept together under the the lights and the press conferences uh, that come with being a Laker. That's that's the idea here. You know, like it or not, <laughs> that's how that's going. But the Lakers this year, they're they're literally a placeholder. Like Kentavious Caldwell Pope is, I mean, twenty whatever million dollars, eighteen million dollars of a placeholder. Here's LeBron's agent, by the way. That's yeah. a clutch guy. That's a clutch guy. I just want to like point that out. Like, yeah, he came like, hey, uh, you know, how do you think everything's going with KCP? By the way, you talk to the Le- LeBron. Talk to LeBron. What's up, LeBron? Liking things in Cleveland right now. Uh, well, you, you think the Lakers will have paid? You know, you combine Kentavious Caldwell Pope's eighteen million dollars and the five hundred thousand dollars. They'll have paid eighteen and a half million dollars to tamper this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I mean, look, like that's a really, really like. I mean, Magic. Magic's like, I'll pay that five hundred k. You know, I mean. Oh yeah, Magic's a billionaire. Like he, he yeah. pays that for lunch, but he. So I. <laughs> <laughs> really, good, I really, just really, really good steaks. Like really expensive. Like just really, really good lunches for Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's not eating at Subway. He he buys actual Subway. But I, I think you know the the thing with these Lakers is they are at the same time placeholders, and they are at the same time the best Laker team that they've had in five years. Like this is this. I was actually driving the other day, and I was thinking about Julius Randle and Lonzo Ball and the way they might play both of them being as smart offensively as they are. And I got a little excited. I, I got a little excited about, you know, we just we just joked about KCP, but, you know, he's probably the best shooting guard that the Lakers have had since, you know, Kobe before Kobe tore his Achilles. Like, that'll be fun to watch. Brooke Lopez is the best all-around player that the Lakers have had since Kobe tore his Achilles. So, I, I you know, I, I just think in general – there's a there's a sense of excitement here in LA that has equal parts to do with the team that might be put together this year or that that people will get to watch this year but also the fact that you you literally cannot write off the the chances that a year ago from now we could be getting ready to watch a LeBron James Paul George positionless basketball that would be insanely fun to watch how much pressure is on Lonzo Ball to be like good enough this year that he's enticing to not just LeBron but somebody else? I I think it's Lonzo's one thing because like if I'm if I'm LeBron James, I I don't necessarily look at the point guard that I'm playing with and I'm like, all right, this guy has to be great, right? Because the ball's in my hands so often anyway that I'm just you know, can this guy hit an open jumper? Can I trust this guy to not, you know, to not be a net negative on the court with me? You know, Lonzo's one thing. But the guy that I really think that has kind of been swept under the rug is Brandon Ingram. I mean, he had a really disappointing year last year. You know, he kept he, he picked things up at the very end there. But for the most part, the vast majority of his NBA career has been a lot of like, yeesh, does this guy really have what it takes? And uh, if you're if you're LeBron and if you're Paul George— those two by themselves isn't enough to compete, not just with the Golden State Warriors, but in the Western Conference, in my opinion. And you need one of Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram to step up. And if Brandon Ingram is in his second year and he's just bad the way he was for four-fifths of his rookie season, then the Lakers are in kind of a, a, a tough spot here because at that point you can't even trade him for like we saw what uh d'angelo russell got right like he was a salary dump he was used to move timothy moskov's contract and he was worlds better than brandon ingram was in his rookie year and you know i i, I think uh ingram playing the same position as those guys i think he's this year he's auditioning to stay in los angeles that's a very very interesting um, thing because it's like you're right. Like if if Lonzo's like bad this year, like what could you actually flip him for? You know, especially because it's at like the league's most saturated position. You know, and like Ingram, like if you were to have to deal like him for like another player just to like do what like if to create another spot for somebody, he would be the he would be like the guy you would probably deal because like Lonzo feels like this positional need. You have these two other forwards. Like you would want to be super modern, I think, with like Ingram, George, and LeBron, but. But like he has he to be, be able to stay on the court with those guys, right? That's and like he needs, one. yeah. And like you know, I like and LeBron and George are both guys that have shown public reluctance to be full time fours, much less mm-hmm. fives. 
Um, <laughs> and, and Ingram definitely is not going to be like, <laughs> you look at, you look at Paul George and you look at LeBron and then you look at Brandon Ingram and say, all right, can you play the four Brandon? It'd just be, <laughs> be laughable. Yeah. Can you go guard like Draymond and like, you know, David West and stuff like that's, that's tough. Well, I, that's real, I, real tough. the thing that would be funny if this, this whole, you know, if LeBron's career was to come full circle and he was to have Lee Jenkins write another article for him. Um, and he leaves Brandon Ingram out the way he left Andrew Wiggins out. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the WWE slash NFL or NBA that, that I'm looking for is that, you know, everybody starts read cause you know, that would immediately, that would, that would drive the news cycle, uh, aside from the, Oh my God, I can't believe LeBron James is a Laker. It's going to be, Oh my God, I can't believe he's doing the same exact thing that he did in Cleveland. Yeah, that would... <laughs> It would be just like, oh my god, like we know what's coming, and then the Robert, no, I just you know didn't know him or anything. Like, uh huh, sure, sure. But, and then he'll uh, be traded for Kevin Love, and <laughs> yeah, look, Kevin will get to go to LA where he can like hang out at UCLA. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great for everybody. Um, guys, here's here's a question that that's maybe a little bit dumb, and I'm gonna admit this, but LeBron will be 33 next summer. He will have, in all, like in all likelihood, made another deep playoffs run, if not to, to the finals. A lot of minutes, you know, not like that. Like you're wondering, it it just feels like every year we're wondering if this is the year LeBron actually slows. You know, um, is like if your Lakers are trying to fill two max slots, is LeBron actually like the guy? You know, aside from like his reputation, aside from like what he still will probably be until he's thirty five, thirty six. Like, is there any, like, reason to think that, like, he shouldn't be the type of, like, max contract either pursuing? Like, is he, like, and is he, like, like, in addition to Lonzo, in addition to, like, that other max guy, is, is, as someone who, like, covers and thinks of the Lakers, like, is, like, going for a guy who is been a star with another team and isn't, like, your own developed guy, like, is there something different about that that is, that is sort of out of line with what they've really done the last couple of years? Well, I think... The D'Angelo Russell trade signaled for me, and I'm I'm about to get fined because I'm not allowed to talk about the D'Angelo Russell trade on my on my own podcast. Te- but technically, technically, this is a crossover. So like, <laughs> yeah, Harrison I, isn't I, here. I, he can't find. Yeah, me. Harrison's not here. He 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 has no domain over over what you're saying about D'Angelo Russell. Uh, so I, I think Rus- the Russell trade though signaled a move away from building in the draft. You know, I, I think from now on the Lakers and, and this is the this is kind of the irony of, of, of it all is that they fired Mitch Kupchak and they fired Jimmy Buss for you know trying to build through free agency and striking out time and time and time again. And then if they were to go back and use that same exact strategy and and, and not get LeBron or not get Paul George or not get, you know, whatever max free agent is available this year and then try to, you know, roll that strategy back out there next year. Well, then what actually changed in this front office? Yeah, Nothing. well, I, you know, I think about Rob Polinka like, sometimes when I'm, like, reading, like, about, like, Asian stuff because he was in, like, this James Harden profile in, that Pablo Torre wrote, like, two, three years ago now um, for ESPN. And, like, there's a scene in that story where, like, James Harden's, like, sitting in a chair in Calabasas and... Rob, like Rob Plug was like bringing him grapes or something like that. It was just, it was just like, like Palinka's role here is like literally to 
to like use some of that that sh- that sway he has, some of that like connection he has in that community, and like magic being Magic Johnson, you know, like being this guy who is friendly and bubbly, and like people that want to be with him, and like be like in his in his scope because it's it's freaking Magic Johnson. Like it seems like that's like a very interesting like you're 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 saying like that's a very interesting pivot from having guys who were gonna fire people because you could have gone the other direction. And, like, hired just, like, a draft Nick GM and hired, like, a Spurs-type GM where it's, like, they're just drafting and developing guys. And, like, Lonzo is, like, your plan for the next 10 years. It's not like, okay, we're going to, like, get Lonzo now. We're going to try to keep this pick next year, which is another interesting factor of this. Like, if they keep that pick, like, the possibility of, like, flipping whoever they take for something else, you know, like, turning it into, like, their own Wigan situation. Oh, I don't – the Lakers don't have their first rounder this year. You're just assuming like they lose it because it's a two to five protection. Um, you're just I, kind of assuming it goes to it goes to Philly if it's if it's anything oh, so other it's like, than two to five. So oh so it's like no oh okay I thought they got it if it was like one or something. Yeah no that's my yeah I'm I'm being I'm being fake news but um <laughs> like I I think so the way the way I would kind of put it is um the Lakers. There, I think one thing I this this theory that I've kind of gone back and forth about whether or not I'm I'm actually going to try to write about it or whatever. But here I go speaking about it on a, on a podcast. But I don't think the Lakers were ever really capable of building through the draft. I don't think their fan base is is uh, patient enough. I don't think they have frankly. I mean, since they had Kobe, Kobe was their their last big draft pick. Or, or they had Bynum, but like any time they've drafted somebody, it was to play alongside somebody who was who was already there. Like they drafted Magic, Kareem was there. They drafted James Worthy, Magic and Kareem were there. They drafted Kobe, Shaq was there. They drafted Bynum, Kobe uh, was already there. And legend, the legend Andrew Bynum, Cavs, <laughs> Cavs legend Andrew Bynum. My favorite, one of my my all time favorite Andrew Bynum photo is when he's at the Cavs game taking up two rows. <laughs> With two, was it one or two forties in 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 a hand? So I I so when he debuted with the Cavs the season he was with the team, I was in college and uh, I drove with one of my friends who's a Cavs fan and two of my other friends who were Nets fans mm-hmm. because they were playing the Brooklyn Nets. We drove from Athens, Ohio, which with people my pop my know is in the southeast corner of the state. Drove from there to Cleveland, which is like a four hour drive. Made it to the game. And, like, Andrew Bynum entering the game off the bench was one of the loudest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, inc- he just incredible. Couple, he had a couple good games. Like, I remember owning him in fantasy basketball for a little while, but he got hurt. And then yeah. he started firing threes in practice. Yeah, not not great. Not a, not a great. Um, another, like, malcontent on the team's the well dang. And, like, just the who's also now just, like, eating up cap space in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but But, yeah, I think... The, to to finish off the point, I think the Lakers are they have Lonzo and they're going to do whatever they possibly can to pair Lonzo with some kind of superstar or somebody who they see as a superstar. That's why I I found it really interesting uh, with the Carmelo Anthony thing that you know the Lakers could just convince themselves, yeah, we're just gonna you know Carmelo's a former uh, you know Western Conference Finals player. He his you know, say what you will about what job he's done out there in New York, but he's carried a franchise in a large market. He might ease the burden there. I that's how I could have seen them framing 
acquiring uh, Carmelo Anthony. And, and I kind of think that's how they look at, they're trying to frame Brooke Lopez is that, hey, he's not terrible. He's, you know, he's played in the NBA for a while. I think, I, I think he has an all-star under his belt. And there, Lonzo, there's your, there's your superstar to start until the actual superstars actually start showing up. Um, but, but I, I, again, the thing I come back to, it's like when, when the, when the, Cavs had just Kyrie before LeBron came over. That was about as directionless as the organization felt, right? Yeah, I mean, the thing with the the the, the post LeBron era, and I, and I've thought about this a lot this summer, just kind of anticipation of thinking about it all year. Um, so like they get Kyrie, and that wasn't even like their own draft pick. That was the Clippers pick they got in the Baron Davis Mo Williams deal. So like they, that that was the, supposed to be like the ninth pick in the draft. They get lucky to get that pick. So they followed up taking Kyrie, who had this really really good rookie year, by taking Dean Waiters, who I who I will love forever. Like I love Dean Waiters, but like not a, not like someone you think would fit with this ball dominant point guard you having in Kyrie, right? And then it's like you follow it up with Bennett, you follow it up with, you know, signing Jared Jack, with signing Earl Clark, with, with like, doing the Luol Deng trade. Like, with, with when, like, Spencer Hawes, Maurice Spate, CJ Miles, and Wayne Ellington are, like, the best, like, f- like non-draft moves you made. Like, that's a problem. And it's like you think about, like, this the Dion pick. Like, Harrison Barnes not only, like, would have fit a little bit better, but he's, like, someone that was, like, friends with Kyrie. Like, there, there's, like, these aspects of this that I just feel like they didn't con- consider. And it's like you got lucky. Like, LeBron was, like luck for you because it's like he allows you to get kevin love really like that that deal isn't like doable for them if without the commitment you know or at least the idea that it could be commitment um you know you're like Kyrie's going to be rudderless in a lot of ways and you know without without lebron it's like you gotta figure out the Dion thing then you have you know like hey, would you've got gordon hayward that you know that summer because like, he was on he was meet gonna meet with the Cavs, and there are all these like questions like but lebron just sort of like normalized your chaos you know and it's like one of the reasons why I think like that Nets pick really mattered to them is because it's like unless they know he's coming back, like that gives them a chance to reboot with something with something special. And we'll see what else they would do around that. But like that's that's why they're doing that. That's why Chetty Ozman is someone I think they prioritized summer. And they were definitely rudderless. Like I don't know if they were like as bad as like the the peak of the Kings dysfunction, but it, it, it it's close. And it, it could you could argue that it was worse. I think. Well, I, the the reason I ask is because like right now for the Lakers, let's say they don't get LeBron. Right. Let's say they don't get Paul George. Then this is as directionless as the Lakers have ever been, right? Because they just moved arguably their best young player, their best known entity. Uh, they just moved him in a salary dump to free up space for a LeBron James. And if LeBron doesn't come, then what? You just say, whoop, sorry, guys. You know, enjoy D'Angelo out there in, in Brooklyn. You know, and, and, uh, again, I'm the guy who says that, you know, if I, if I had a gun to my head, I would probably say that LeBron leaves Cleveland and, and comes to Los Angeles. Um, and then I would quickly ask whoever to, had a gun to my head for such a really random reason to move that gun as soon as humanly possible. But I think for, for the Lakers, they, it's a huge gamble that they had. And fortunately for the Cavs back then, they didn't, they, did they do much? Like they didn't. That would have been like moving Kyrie back in the day to have space to sign LeBron, right? Like or or moving. No, Wiggins hadn't even played yet, so it would have been. It was like Tyler. Tyler Zeller was like the guy that they dumped, and um, there was like some like small stuff, but it wasn't like 
it wasn't super hard for them to create that room. Like, it wasn't, like, you know, Dang and Clark's, like, contracts are off the book, and Jack, like, I think Jack got moved, and, um, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't, like, super difficult for them to create the room. It was just, like, the the willingness to create it was sort of the thing. It's like the Zeller just kind of got dumped, like, immediately once they knew. And they did a shot, but it's also, like, the one the one guy in that deal, and then just sort of how they built the team then just sort of did kind of structure them in a way that was, like, yeah, like, we're kind of committed to this core. And, and like, then until the summer, you get, like, the little bit of breathing room um, with the Kyrie thing. Like, that gives you a little bit of flexibility and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, they, they did, like, just you kind of just go all in. And it's, like, I, th- I think one of the things with LeBron is, like, he values not just like what he's going to do the first year he signed to the team, but what it's going to look like the next three, four years. And he values like that future. He look what he did. Like Miami was like the prime situation to maximize that those three guys playing together. When it reached its its, its flexibility max, and it, it was no longer like this elastic situation, he leaves. And Cleveland, like you could certainly argue, like base if they if this trade doesn't happen this summer, and even then, you know, you wonder like how flexible it really is. Um, even with some money coming off the books in the next year or two. Like, you know, like, especially because of the Warriors. Like, I think that that matters here. Like, the Warriors are just going to be so good and probably so dominant again. Like, you're in a situation where it's like, how flexible and elastic is the situation that gives them a chance to win this year, next year, the year after? And, like, if LA can offer him that, like, that, that, that makes me think, like, if LA, if Alonzo has this rookie, it has this year where he's just phenomenal. And you have that cap space, and you have the ability to be like, okay, who do you want to play with LeBron? Like, what guy would you want to play? Is it, is it Paul George? Like, do you want us to offer a lot for Anthony Davis or something like that? Like, what do you what do you want? If they can do that in a way that is better than what the Cavs will do this season, plus what that Nets pick could conceivably bring him, that is a really interesting like thing. Is like because both will be sort of elastic, but like, if Alonzo and cap space is more appealing, and it's just like he wants to go play in LA because he feels like he's completed what he wants to do in Cleveland, like that to me like makes LA like. And I just don't think there's any other team that makes any sense if we're being honest. It, it's it's to me it's Lakers or Cavs, and I just don't know. Other teams may get meetings. Nothing else makes sense to me. I've heard I've heard um, some people like mention the Spurs. That I, I just don't see LeBron. Finishing his career in San Antonio, <laughs> he would love to play for Pop though. Like, I, like oh, that's yeah. just like a fact. Like, he would love to play for Popovich. But like the the, the even like the money there is like a very interesting, um, kind of thing there, you know. But like him and Kawhi, I mean, I guess like if Kawhi is enticing enough, you you flip the Marcus and get off Powell, and like I guess you have the money. But yeah, I can't really see I can't really see him either. Just and some of that is narrative, right? Like some of that is LeBron is has these LA interests, and yeah. It allows him to sort of dabble in this life that you just, you know, functionally can't live. I I think I wanted to, one thing I, I meant to ask you on this podcast was that like, is Cleveland ready for life with LeBron? Like, do you think they learned enough in the time? Cause I, I really think LeBron, I, I called him a walking, talking economy before and I really think, you know, I think he learned some stuff in Miami that he carried over to Cleveland. And then, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting the first part of the first season he was there where he just let Kyrie go out and still do his one-on-one thing. And I think they lost a few games and he just said, look, man, I'm just letting this kid figure things out on his own. Um, and that was, I thought, some, some, and I might have this timeline wrong, by the way, but 
I thought that was really mature. And that's the kind of thing that an organization can kind of learn from is, all right, this is what it takes to win in the NBA. And this is what it takes to win, you know, in an NBA, even when you, you know, even when you have the best player in the NBA, arguably the best player that there's ever been, that there are still some great minds out there. And, and it's a, it can be really hard to keep up with some of these teams. Do you think Cleveland has, has kind of solidified their future and moving forward if he leaves? I don't... I, I almost mean no, because I don't know if the Cavs... Like, the Cavs, I think, are being honest with themselves and prioritizing that Nets pick and just kind of, like, understanding that it's possible. My question ends up becoming... Like, are you really going to be honest with yourself about how you handled the first time? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, are you going to be honest with yourself and say, like, you, you messed up the draft. Like, you messed up free agency. Like, you really just got lucky to get out of this um, and to get to, to win a title and all these things. Like, if you're being honest with yourself, then, like, you got to start preparing now. And it, and I think there are signs that they do get it to an extent. Like, I think getting Zizic, um, you know, getting... The getting pick. the Nets pick, yeah. Getting Crowder as a potential football asset, you know, not and like prioritizing younger things, and you know, just having Chetty coming over and like saying like we're gonna pick him over Jamal Crawford if you want to like be, like just kind of trust a lot of the reporting on that. Um, that that indicates that they're like saying like yeah, we're gonna try to win this year, but we're also gonna like say like look, if you leave, like we're not gonna have the 2010-11 season happen again. But I don't know if we can know that until like LeBron leaves and we see how they react. Yeah, I, I because agree. it's like because it's like they'll have a choice. They'll have a choice of do we keep this with Kevin Love and just kind of try to be a playoff team with young guys and Kevin Love and Crowder and maybe Isaiah, or do we just burn it and just say okay we're gonna like keep a couple of veterans around to just kind of keep things sort of stable, or like are we gonna like throw money at Isaiah to be a middle of the pack East team? and keep Kevin and just kind of like run this back? Or are we going to like try to like build around Chetty, Michael Porter and Zizich? Like, is that what you're going to like in that, that question is like to be answered. Cause it's like, it'll be very tempting for them. I think because Dan Gilbert wants to win and the East is weaker and all these things that we just know are true to like, let's say Isaiah plays in 65 games this year and is great. So you give him some kind of three year deal for a lot of money to keep the number one pick, pick somebody and go into next year with like, with Isaiah, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, and Michael Porter, Marvin Bagley, Luka Doncic, Chetty Osman, and Zizic as like your as your main seven or something along and Crowder, you know, like as like your eight, and just say like we're going to be young and kind of just try to make the playoffs, or you could like say like we're going to just go full in on this youth and that that path, because like once you pick one, it's almost like I don't know if you it's I think it's really hard to switch, and I just wonder like how the what they have learned from the first one of just being so poor. And I wonder if they'll be tempted to just, just not go that low again, even if it's for a in a more structurally sound way. Like they'll actually be able to build a base this time instead of just like like the the wooden just ending up in a, in the right place on accident. I do you think who do you think they looked at as the more valuable asset, or what do you think they looked at as the more valuable asset? Do you think it was Thomas, or do you think it was the pick? Because I would I would yeah I would argue that it's the pick, and that's why I really don't think they move it this year. Like there's just I don't I don't either unless unless LeBron is like I'm staying I'm gonna wink wink you and say I'm staying let's go get so and so with this pick and That's how... the, like if they trade if they if they trade it it's because I really really think and I talk to some people about this and like just my vibe on everything they've said 
I think if they traded the pick, it would be an indication that they've gotten a commitment with LeBron Steen. And I don't think they're getting that. So it makes me think they're going to, like, at the very least, they're going to run the pick through the drafts. Because if LeBron in, in July says, I'm staying, you can still flip that guy then because that guy will still have a lot of value because I haven't not played a game yet. You know, like, that that can still be an option for you. Like, you could trade that guy later. You don't have to deal with it right away. So, like, I don't think they do either. I think, like, in, if you're going to rank, like, the what they got back, I think it's the Nets pick and then Crowder and then Thomas and then Cezic. And I think it's just if Th- Thomas's hip is just, like, well, if he plays, like, that's that's really good. But I think, like, they're they're definitely focused on just having flexibility to be on this year. Yeah, I, and it's the right move. They look it, Kobe better. <laughs> yeah, Kobe with the Kobe with a Y. It took me it took me thirty six minutes to to say Kobe better on on this podcast. That's a yeah. that's a record. We'll get a we'll get a legit muse cage drop in here at some point. Um, <laughs> um, I'm that's. How about from from a fan's perspective? Do you think how do you think fans will respond to? I'm sure you've you've talked about this on your show before. But how do you think fans will respond to to LeBron leaving? I think it'll I think it'll be more case by case. Um, I think like there's a lot of people that'll be very grateful that he won a title, but I think left people that are that are mad too because I think they'll especially if he like, goes to LA and 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 or goes like to another like like just somewhere that's got like a different type of like reputation as a city. Like I think that'll that'll happen, but. Um, I mean, I also think he has cover. Like, he won a title. You know, like, he won the title that he ended the drought. So, I almost wonder if, like, that's cover enough. And, we'll, and we'll, you know, we'll find out. But I think, like, I don't think people – it will not be as, like, bad as it was last time. Like, if he leaves. Like, if he goes to L.A., he's he's reestablished himself as the most, most important player in franchise history. And I think um, – Especially because I, I don't think I think like the Kyrie situation has just like rubbed Kyrie has like made Kyrie rub off on people in a really really bad way, um, and I think like unless LeBron does decision two point I don't think there will be anything that is quite that annoying to Cavs fans. Yeah, I, I I would. It's almost it's calm it's almost a blessing in disguise that that Kyrie you know and he he handled it about as well as you can possibly handle it in my opinion. I mean again. I'm not, I don't have access to as much stuff as most people do, or, or as definitely you don't, or you do. And uh, I, I think Kyrie kind of asking his way out of, of Cleveland um, makes LeBron almost into like a pseudo victim, right? Where he says, look guys, I, I tried. And then my, you know, running mate, running mate decided he was going to leave and he put us in a situation where we didn't have leverage and, all we could get was like this five four version of my old running mate, and you know a draft pick who the franchise is looking at as you know maybe the next piece after I leave. But but other than that, guys, you know I won you guys a title. Uh, I'll see you guys twice or once a year from here on out. And and I think I, I you know that was a lot of spin, but I couldn't I. I mean, one thing I always I always lean with the player. It's always it always comes down to look the uh, the Boston Celtics just traded Isaiah Thomas after he played a day after uh, losing his sister. You know, I I don't need to hear anything else about loyalty in this industry or in in this uh, in this marketplace. 
And um, unfortunately, that means for some for for fans, they left kind of they're left heartbroken because the guy that you know LeBron was seen as the savior of the city, um, and now he's gone for the second time over. But at the end of the day, it's hard for me to really feel sorry for Cleveland fans who finally got to enjoy a title for the first time ever. Yeah, hundred percent right. Let's let's wrap it up in this last just kind of point here. What's he like? If you're, what is just so like we can lay this out on the table? What is the Lakers like next summer? What is their exact sales pitch for LeBron James? Well, it starts with look at these palm trees. You <laughs> know, it, it 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 all starts off the court. I think LeBron knows at this point. He's been in the game for long enough to understand what it takes to win. You know, that was the point I made earlier and and how he dealt with Kyrie early on and and dealt with the organization early on in his second stint there in Cleveland. He understands what it takes to win. Uh, They'll tell him, hey, you'll have the run of the franchise. Um, Magic is used to being a a figurehead in the Dodgers organization. So, you know, if you want a say-so in the front office, we're perfectly happy with you doing that. Uh, They can't say, you know, specifically what would be available to LeBron in LA, but these are all things that he's thought of before. So really for, for the Lakers, their biggest, their absolute top uh, free agency pitch is we have spot. We have spots for two guys. We have a spot for you and whoever you prefer. Russell Westbrook hasn't signed his extension. DeMarcus cousins is going to be available. Uh, Cause yeah, I don't think he's going to sign an extension. Paul George um, is going to be available, and and we already know plenty about Paul George's interest in Los Angeles. So they just say, <laughs> yeah, they they just say, does he want right. to play there or something? I, yeah. I haven't I haven't heard. You know, it, it's it's the wildest thing that you know the rumorville just just keeps on spinning, and and poor Indiana is is they're still worried about them emails, um, but but you know for. Uh, LeBron, it's all about we got a spot for one guy here. We have Brandon Ingram who, you know, maybe he plays well enough that we can move him. Um, and maybe at that point, uh, Clarkson's contract will be more palatable. So they can say we can we can piece together Brandon Ingram and Jordan Clarkson and get you a third veteran so that you, a superstar, a veteran, and then whatever we, you know, in Lonzo, um, whatever we can build around you, that's what we're moving forward with. But, but really, like so much of this has to do with understanding what LeBron knows before he sits into that meeting, as as anyone, because he's probably going to be more informed about this stuff than everybody sitting in that room. If you're if we're looking at this, what type of year from the Cavs would make you think? it's more likely that he stays. I just like from your, from your perspective, like what kind of year for the Cavs makes it like, makes you think like, yeah, this is the situation he might like be more likely to go back to. He almost has to win a title because other than that, like he's just on this treadmill of running through the Eastern conference and getting rolled by the Warriors. Right. And And it's not even like like his fault. He's losing the Warriors either. It's not like it's, you know what I mean? It's also just like the Warriors are just like insane unbelievable they're the best team ever and so like i'm not i'm not saying that disparagingly but 
without change, progress is impossible, right? So if he just keeps on doing the same thing year in, year out, and he's fine with making all these title runs, then cool. Like that's what he's, that's, I, I just don't think that's what he's interested in. And, and again, I go back to the point I made earlier, as far as the weird math that people do, where you're almost better off losing, losing in the Eastern conference than losing in the finals. Uh, although for some reason, I'm sure we'll bastardize that theory with LeBron because people just want to idolize and deify Michael Jordan a little bit longer. Yeah, the Jordan DD thing. I'm very curious to see how this all sort of plays out. Like, I think it's going to be one of the more interesting stories in the next year. It's it's you know it's potential franchise defining in different ways. It's, it adds potential wrinkles to a lot of different things. But as we record this, it's September. We had season not started. I, so much is going to change. I think like the only thing I feel certain about saying about this whole thing. Is that like a we besides the fact that we kind of had to talk about it because it's it's real and just kind of worth getting into while before basketball actually comes back. So much is going to change in the next year, and we're going to learn so much in the next you know ten months before he makes his decision. Eleven months, whatever it is. Uh, like we're just going to learn. It's ten months, I think. It's we're going to learn so much, and so much is going to change that like what we see now. Like I think in some ways we'll like we'll have like been right, but also I think feel like the context we're going to learn is going to like really cloud a lot of this. I think. Do you think do if you had to lean one way, I just had a gun to my head earlier in the podcast. If you had a gun to your head, which way would you lean? And also we got to find whoever keeps pointing this gun at our head. Yeah. Violence is bad, man. Like, it's yeah. just like, you know, like, <laughs> chill. Uh, I would say, I would say he stays just, and the, the, here's why I think if you look at like what he still wants to do at this point, I don't think he's ever going to give up on winning. You know, like, I, I think, like, like you know, like, Batman's just, like, always going to, like, f- like try to fight crime even if he's, like, 50 and, like, just, you know, like, bleeding everywhere. Like, that's just what he does. Like, LeBron James is not going to try to stop winning titles. And I think, like, if you look at, like, what he's going to, like, if, he, if you're talking about like, getting to the finals and just having a chance, Cleveland's, I think, going to still be a better option for that a year from now. And, like, you know, like, a lot depends on what Isaiah is it going to be this year and, like, what Crowder is and... You know what that, what how that net spec factors into this, and there's just questions I think they have to answer to kind of make that reality. But I think like in a year from now, as long as like Boston doesn't get Anthony Davis, like I think the Cavs are still going to have the the biggest thing. Like, look, we're, we've run the East, we run the Eastern Conference with you. If you go to LA, you're gonna have to try to beat the Warriors or end up on the right side of the bracket and hope someone takes them out. And like, are you really betting that's going to happen when they're still probably going to be at full strength at least for another year? You know, um, like injuries happen and like that, like, again, like, like, Kevin, like, what if Steph Curry's ankles just go bad this year? Yeah. You know, like there's so much that's going to change and we Kevin just don't know. Problems come back up. Yeah. Draymond Green, like who, you know, is like closer to 30 than I think we'd like to, you know, necessarily realize like, what if he just drops off athletically a little bit too much? You know, like what if that happens now, both sooner than we think it might? Um, these are like things that, that could happen and like there, there are things we don't know yet, but there are things that are going to be really important and come next year when LeBron James is, is like weighing all of this. Yeah. I, again, I go back to what I said to start the podcast. It's the only person who I look at and, you know, laugh at are the people who are lining up to say one way or the other, what LeBron is definitely going to, or going or not going to do though. That's the only way you look stupid if we look back a year from now is is if you if you're strident in your uh, analysis and thinking that oh yeah LeBron's definitely going to Los Angeles oh yeah LeBron would never go to Los Angeles like 
you're you're just wrong. You're just objectively wrong at this point. Yeah, I I could not um, agree more, Anthony. Man, it's it's been a pleasure. We're gonna definitely have to do this again once. Look, those those Cavs Lakers games this year, especially the one in L.A. where I'm sure Levar Ball, who we got through this whole podcast really until my until I dumbly mentioned him now, like 50 minutes into this. That the games in the one game in L.A. I think is going to be just one of the, the the most spectral games of the year. I really, really just like I'm just waiting, waiting for like the spectacle of it. I I can't wait for the first time LeBron just tweets out about Nike with Lonzo. <laughs> Another Instagram be, photo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just you know, if he just tweets out something, you know, he has that mirror that he likes to take a picture of himself with. So if he takes that picture and he has like a big baller brand hat on, then we'll know what's up. Look, if he has a big baller brand hat on, like we'll just call it a wrap. <laughs> like I'll think of like that. We, we have to call it a wrap, not just for. Well, not just for like what we think LeBron's going to do. We'd have to call it a wrap for Twitter because it would yeah. be over. Like <laughs> that'd be it. Yeah, and, and like some certain other people will like tweet that day, and I'll just be like bad and was like, oh, why am I on this? But like if LeBron, if he like should have been a big, if he like walks into like the the Staples Center with like a big baller head on, I'll think of it. I'll think of his franchise decision like that Chappelle gif where he like sits at the table and he throws the water off and runs away because he's like doesn't want to answer the question. Like that's what I'll, I'll be like. Oh, this is this is what this is in 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 a in a clip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'll think of it as. Yeah. Um, and the internet just won't be able to handle it. Like literally, the internet like just won't even be able to handle. Like anyone who any like notable player who wears big who wears big baller brand this year. Or like, what if he like rolls up wearing like a pair of, like not even like the Lonzo's Lonzo shoe, but like Lamelo shoe, and like a, like walks into the arena in them. <laughs> and he just all of a sudden becomes a huge UCLA fan. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah i think you know Bronny's really interested in them and you know they just have i don't even, i i actually really feel bad for the middle ball brother because i think no one ever talks about him yeah well he's yeah he was like the there's another manning brother right there's um yeah cooper cooper yeah and i love how all the manning brothers make sure to say that he would have been the best quarterback of the yeah. three of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was like a wide, and even like when he, I think when he was in high school and like Peyton like was rising up, he got like moved to wide receiver or something like that. Yeah, because like Peyton was just better than him. <laughs> like there's yeah. a, they're just like yeah, yeah. Um, especially and it's like, but at least he's not like getting showing up in videos where like Lavar is just like screaming at him in the like AAU games or something. You know, at least that's not him. Like he's got that going for him at least. I yeah, I think eventually though, like he'll he'll kind of like where he wound up because I don't know how good Lamelo is going to be. So, Leangelo, like, if there's anything you'd you'd rather be, it's just you know quiet. Whereas you don't want to be loud and bad. And, like you're you not going to show up on the like when we when they do the the ball family thirty for thirty. Like there you you're not like the the raw clips, yeah. or like where your dad's like running shirtless at at professional wrestlers on national TV, or like on the or like in the any of the swagger like just with with. Lamar, Lavar, like he hasn't been into the reality show promos that I've seen, so that's also a positive for him, I imagine. Oh yeah, Silver Screen covered those because, <laughs> of course, we did content hashtag content. Get them posts those quotas, those quotas. But I, uh, this is this has been fun. Like I, I gotta be got around to doing this. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and it was like good to just kind of get into like a actual like thing that's going to define a lot of these two teams for the next year like it's just like whether it's good or bad like it's going to be something that we're going to have to just kind of think about in the back of our minds at the very least for another like 10 months oh i think it defines both organizations for the next like five years yeah realistically kind of does it really kind of does especially because like 
LeBron's next move could be his last. Oh, Realistically, yeah. we're at that point where that could be his last team. God, it's realistic a... to wonder about that. 33-year-old LeBron next summer. Just kind of that that kind of matters in this team. We didn't even like really talk about that. Oh, very much. oh, plenty of people with Kobe avatars love to point out how old LeBron is when we talk about him maybe coming to the Lakers. Like that's that's a thing in my mentions all the time. Muse Cage, baby. Muse Cage. <laughs> um but uh this has been Locked on Cavs, Locked on Lakers crossover. Uh, make sure you give both pods a five star rating interview on iTunes and Make sure you check out Anthony and Harrison, his ghost coverage over at Silver Screen and Roll. Um, and check out my coverage for this one. But Anthony, man, it's been a pleasure. Glad we got around to doing this. Anytime, man. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. And this has been Locked On Cavs and Locked On Lakers. And we'll both talk to you again soon. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17